if you yourself are an immigrant to this country or to another country, or if perhaps you are a daughter of an immigrant uh, father or mother, or maybe you're a Native American, or you have Indigenous roots, if you fall under these beautiful cultures and backgrounds, then I can assure you that intergenerational ancestral karma, otherwise known as intergenerational trauma, is actually way more common for someone like you. In fact, I'm going to share a story with you right now about my dad that I want to preface uh, first by saying that I absolutely love my dad. He's like the best dad in the world. I've never had to do any healing around how he raised me. He's an incredibly happy-go-lucky guy who who typically is like the life of the party. So before I share the story with you, I think it's important that I do say that because when I share this story with you, you're going to understand what I mean as it relates to being an immigrant child or being an immigrant to this country and why we're so impacted by intergenerational trauma. So the other day, I think it was a few months ago, and this is actually really common that I see happening, you know, throughout our culture, especially if you come from, you know, Latin America or from Mexico, from places where you do have indigenous roots. And so one of the things that I was, we, every, every Sunday, we actually host um, Sunday uh, brunch at my parents' house. So like, it's a tradition for us. We go to the, my parents' house, we have breakfast, we all get together for the week, right? And one of the things my dad was saying one day as he was sitting there enjoying his, uh, his michelada, which is his beer with clamato for any of you who, who have ever had a michelada, you know what that is. But he uh, basically enjoys these on Sundays and he's sitting there and he's talking to me about how us generation, the second generation, like you and I, how we can't handle anything. He's like, you know what? We grew up and there was a lot of drama when we were growing up, you know, there was abuse, there was alcoholism and look how I turned out. Like, I'm fine. Look at me. Look at me. And I just looked at my father. And remember, I prefaced this and I told you, my dad is like literally like the best dad in the world. Right. But I looked at him and I told him, dad, you really think that you're okay? Like that, you really think that someone who suffers with anxiety, that suffers with addiction to alcohol, that many times loses his cool and, you know, gets stressed out very easily is okay. And he kind of just looked at me and he didn't really have anything to say. And that's when I was like, dad, you're not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. And so as a culture, especially as it relates to being Mexican or coming from indigenous roots, many times we grew up with trauma and abuse. And when we tried to speak to our parents, I don't know about you, but like we would even say the word anxiety or depression, they kind of just looked at us like we were weird. And why did they look at us like we were weird? Well, because they've never had treatment for anxiety or depression. They kind of grew up knowing that however they felt was however they felt and they did the best they could based on the parenting they received to kind of get help for it and they really didn't get help right they used mechanisms like alcohol to numb themselves and different things like that right and so today I want to talk about why specifically there are three very important reasons why specifically if you are a daughter of an immigrant parent or if you are an immigrant yourself 
If you are a native, if you are an indigenous uh, woman, why specifically you have a very much higher probability when you hear this in the stats and the stories you're gonna be shocked of carrying this ancestral intergenerational trauma. We're gonna talk about how to know when to get help. And also we're gonna talk about the three ways that we actually disrupt these patterns so that we can align with our sovereignty and we can align with Dharma instead of the repeating of karma of programs of our ancestors that no longer serve us. So welcome everybody and thank you all so, so much for being here. Sat Nam, Sat Nam, welcome to the Sovereign Women Movement podcast show where every Monday, now we're switching it up ladies, every Monday I come to you with a breakdown of one important information message that you need to know as it relates to breaking ancestral karmic patterns, intergenerational trauma, as well as your weekly energy update, your astrology update, so you can prepare for what is bring, being brought upon to you by the cosmos, and also a little spiritual psychotherapy of A Course in Miracles, and of course, a weekly kundalini yoga meditation to assist you in whatever topic it is that we are working with. Now, it is going to be a little bit different where I'm going to talk a little bit about the kundalini yoga technology today that's going to help you with this particular situation, which is the karma of the ancestors. But I'm not going to show you how to actually do the meditation. That's going to be happening on Wednesdays. So now on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, I'm going to be going live again. But this time I'm going to be going live on YouTube. So you can go find me on YouTube, Veronica Barragan. Link is in my bio as well if you're on Instagram. And also if you're on my weekly newsletter, you'll get that reminder as well as the link as well. But I'll be going live on Wednesdays to actually share with you the actual medicine, the actual meditation that will help you integrate whatever it is we're talking about for the week. So this is really exciting, ladies. I am so pumped. I mean, I just came back from this three-day fantastic retreat with self in this beautiful location in Paradise Valley. Uh, this location overlooked the entire city of Phoenix. And I call these my three-day immersions because they are three days of going deep, deep into our souls to rewire subconscious programming that is inherited through our DNA from our ancestors to gain that spiritual breakthrough you need so that you can level up into that next chapter timeline, that authentic timeline of your life. And so these three days experiences are, are incredibly life-changing. I can't wait to go back to this particular location because it's just so magical and the energy combined with the location just allowed us to really work through some serious karma. And that's going to be a big theme for us this week, especially ladies, because this week we have the father of karma himself going direct on Sunday. And what I'm talking about, this is the astrological aspect of the week that I really want you to pay attention. See, for me, like astrology is like the oldest science ever, right? So what I do is I study the astros every single day and I look with, to see what's going to happen throughout the week. And I study them in advance as well so that I can prepare specific kundalini yoga meditations, specific spiritual psychotherapy that works with whatever the cosmos are doing. So for example, this week, we have a father of time, the father of karma, Saturn, who is the ruler of my uh, my uh, sign, Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn and Saturn rules Capricorn, which is why I'm very, very familiar with our beautiful friend Capricorn, or I'm sorry, Saturn. But uh, a lot of people 
don't necessarily call our friend uh, Saturn like a good friend. They think of him as a malefic, like somebody, uh, malefic meaning a planet or a sign that comes in and kind of destroys and messes things up. I don't see it that way. And it could be also because I am a true Capricorn <laughs> and I truly uh, walk the talk as a Capricorn. And as, as a Capricorn, I'm constantly climbing the mountain and I'm constantly like feeling or healing or, or solidifying foundations, right? So when Saturn goes retrograde, a lot of people see it as a negative because a lot of lessons are learned, like a lot of karmic lessons. You have to remember, karma is not a punishment. Karma means action. And for every action, there's a reaction. So the universe is perfectly fair. And God is always saying yes. But many times you and I are not conscious, right? We're not conscious about our actions, which is why we're reacting and we're creating these ripples of reactive energy that have become our program, that become our subconscious programming. And so Saturn being the God of karma, what he did for the last four or five months as it was retrograde it actually made us go within and to review all of our commitments, to review a lot of life lessons, a lot of challenging things that may have come up, that if you're not doing the inner work, you're going to feel like a victim. You're going to feel like life is not fair. You're going to ask, why me? Versus if you are going within and you're examining your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, your perceptions, then what's happening is you're learning some really big lessons, some really powerful lessons that you don't have to repeat anymore. Why? Because this is a university. And so if a lesson keeps repeating itself, like a karmic pattern, an ancestral karmic pattern, which we've talked about many times in the past, and we'll talk a little bit more about today, then I see that as an incredible opportunity. What an opportunity for this to come up again, so that I could respond differently and I could finally learn to disrupt the pattern because that's really what it's all about you got a situation right how am I is my nervous system stable enough to look at those challenges that are popping up so that I could become aware not be afraid of self-awareness and not ask what is this teaching me instead of what why is this happening to me so Saturn really brings us a big level up Saturn says look here's the truth of your reality. Here are the shadows. Here are some karmic patterns you've been in. Now, what are you going to do about them? Now, how are you going to respond? This phase, now that he's going direct, because you've had all this time to review and to look at all these repeating lessons, now going direct until, especially in the same sign of Aquarius until next year, it's going to be all about you bringing all of the fruition of your work, it's these, it's this new authentic self, right? It's these new thoughts, feelings, and emotions where the challenging times may have challenged you to your core where you feel maybe that there's doubt, right? Or there, there's no confidence, right? Versus with a strong nervous system, what you're realizing is that not only are you capable, but that you're poised for success. And that in fact, you're a badass because you courageously decided to go another path versus the program that you've been on because of your experiences in life and also because of your ancestors experience and this is why it's so so important especially for immigrants immigrant children native americans indigenous people to not bypass this type of healing because of people like you and i women of color especially intergenerational trauma and intergenerational uh, karma is not only very common, 
but sadly, it's not something that we usually get help for. You see, like I was sharing this story with you about my father, right? Him sitting on the kitchen table on a beautiful Sunday morning while we're all having breakfast, explaining to me how he is fine. Nothing's wrong with him. And he grew up with a very chaotic relationship. And that's the thing. That's the big problem. That number one, especially growing up in my household, I mean, I grew up as the as the community translator, you know, so I didn't have a big, big amount of time to be a child. Like the minute that I started to learn English growing up in the trailer park, everybody would come to me and I did have to translate everything. I mean, I was like five years old, learning English and five years old. I taught myself how to read English in first grade because the program was hurry up and read English because you don't want to be looked at differently. My parents, that, that was the way of protecting me. And so I would By the time I was like seven, I was like the only one in the trailer park that knew English well. So people would come to me with their taxes, with their social security stuff, with their lawyers. A cop would come and something happened at their house and they'd be like, go get Veronica. She knows how to speak English. Go get Veronica. So Veronica would come and Veronica would translate all of these different documents. And I remember that when I didn't get it right, like I didn't know a word, my mom would say to me, well, don't you go to school? Isn't that what you go to school for? You don't know this? Then don't you pay attention? And I would freak out because I was like, I should know this. I should know what a 1031 exchange is. I should know what the hell this lawyer is trying to tell my tia Rita. So it was a very interesting childhood where I I felt needed, which made me feel worthy. but, But the same token, I felt very pressured, very, very pressured because many times I didn't know what I was dealing with. And I don't know if any of you can relate. Lizzie says our parents mean our greatest, have been our greatest teachers. Absolutely. A thousand percent. I think the, the best thing we can do is learn to honor them, which we're going to talk about them and learn to accept them exactly for who they are. Oh, our fathers, uh, Raquel says, oh, Raquel, <laughs> they know so much and you know that they know so much. And yet here we are teaching them so much as well. I love them. They are so perfect for us. When they do say that we do pick our parents, ladies. So we did this choice. May have, may have done it unconsciously, but we made this choice. And here we are <laughs> learning those lessons. So first and foremost, you know, growing up, I just really didn't have like a, like a normal childhood, right? Like I was like the translator. I dealt with a lot of adult stuff and stuff like that. And honestly, I never got an opportunity to be sick. Like if I had anxiety or depression or I didn't feel right, my mom was going through anxiety and depression and she didn't even know what she had and she couldn't talk to anybody about it. I remember when my aunt died, I was only like eight years old. And I still remember that because it made a huge impact in my life because my mom went through a very long period of depression because that aunt of ours was like my mom and it was like her mom too. And I remember that that's exactly when my life changed as an eight-year-old. I was so afraid of death. I was so afraid of all these things happening around me, but yet I had no one to speak to. And even growing up, like I talked to my dad or I would talk to my mom about anxiety and depression. And they're like, ¿Qué es eso? like, what is that? They were never told about what anxiety and depression is. They had never received help. Their parents never received help. So of course, they just kind of came to this country and thought I have to work hard I have to be grateful and I just got to do the best I can. And I have to stop complaining and bitching. And that was the attitude. And because that was the attitude, I didn't really learn how to take care of myself. 
I didn't really learn that there are pathways to healing anxiety and depression and that it's not normal to constantly feel anxious, that it's not normal to constantly have these moments of complete despair and numbness. So one thing we all need to understand, especially as women, and especially if you come from a culture like where I come from, it is not normal for you to have nervous system anxiety. It's not normal that you're not sleeping. It's not normal that you're overeating. It's not normal that you're oversleeping. It's not normal that you can't be around other people. That's not normal. So when should you get help? When all of those things are happening, because it's not normal. This society is not normal. Remember that Dr. Gabor Mate, my favorite trauma doctor of all time, he just wrote a book about that. It's like we are a society that's reacting to an ill way of living. So of course, we're not normal, right? And so we, I never received the space and my parents never received the space to even think that healing was a possibility. We just thought that we just had to live this way. And this is the way life was. So that's how I carried on for many, many years. And so the, the first problem that we have is we think we're fine and we think dysfunctionally functioning is okay. It's not okay. And it's not okay. And it's not something to be ashamed of either. That's another thing, right? Like then you realize, hmm, I do need help, but I'm afraid, I'm scared, I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed. Why? Because people that have mental health um, challenges or even a physical illness, they don't want to be a burden to their families. They don't want people to worry about them. You know, they, they don't want to keep repeating their story, right? So they retract and they leave. And they leave their communities and they leave their the most important aspect of healing, which is being around others. And that goes to the second part of why immigrants and immigrant children and natives also are more impacted by intergenerational trauma. And that is we confuse gratitude and humility with ancestral guilt. We carry ancestral guilt, meaning we know what our parents went through. How many times did your parents tell you, oh, you're so lucky. At least you have food on the table. Oh, you're, why are you complaining? At least you have shoes. I never had shoes. I never felt, I never had food. So those are programs that they gave to you. So what do you feel when you start to feel anxious or you start to have nervous system breakdowns or something like that? You start to feel guilty for feeling the way you feel because you didn't go through the stuff that they went through. And now you better not speak about how you're feeling. You better not go get help because your ancestors didn't get that help. Your parents are still the same way. Why do you deserve that? And that goes back to that program of worthiness. The women that join my program, the women that sign up to my coaching, they think I'm working on worthiness. You already have a bigger level of worthiness than everyone else who has not reached out. Because for you to reach out, that just shows that you see the potential in you. That just shows that you know you're worthy of a better life. So Reaching out is a direct sign. Getting help is a direct sign of worthiness. When you reject the help, when you think it'll just go away, when you think it'll just get tucked under the rug and pretend like it's not there, that's when we're not worthy. And that's when the patterns continue and continue and continue. Now, the third part is probably the most important aspect of why you and I, women of color, immigrants, immigrant children, are impacted by so much ancestral intergenerational trauma. And this one's a biggie. This one's a biggie. And this has to do with the fact that we are a culture. We are a community 
that has been severely traumatized. Now, what does this mean? We are a culture that has basically been stripped from their spiritual traditions, from their spiritual connections, from their roots, from the connection to higher power and to higher source, all done on purpose. Because when people are traumatized, they become ill. Addicted, people that are addicted, addiction, you could be addicted to drugs, but you can also be addicted to work. Why do we look at people that are addicted to drugs worse and stigmatize them than those that are addicted to work when both of them are causing the same amount of pain on the people around them? Think about it. Those that are addicted to to substances are not present. They're not present for people. They're not present for themselves. Same thing with the person that is addicted to work. They're not present for their family. They're not present for their children. Same impact, same impact. Yet we judge the addiction of uh, substances more. At an even bigger level, we don't realize that anybody who has an addiction has a trauma. Anybody who has an addiction has a trauma. And there's a perfect way to depict this and to really understand this. And this is where I go back to my favorite doctor, Dr. Gabor Martin. He was talking to us about a a specific uh, experience in Canada with indigenous people. So back in the day, there's always been alcohol. There's always been peyote. There's always been substances. The indigenous communities were never addicted. They became addicted when they got pulled from their homes, children literally taken from their homes, put in boarding schools where they were not allowed to speak their language. They were not allowed to practice their spiritual practices. Many times, if they did speak their language, there was a, 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 a pen or, or a pencil that they would stick through their tongues. They were sexually abused. They were physically abused. They were emotionally abused. They were not being parented. They were being institutionalized. Okay. So why is it that now we have a generations of addictive indigenous people or indigenous people who have serious problems with addictions now when before this they had the same access to alcohol they had the same access to peyote they had the same access to those substances but they were not addicted the only thing that changed was the colonization the trauma that we put these people under what happened to them we took them away from their families who destroyed their communities so addicted people not why the addiction why the pain why the pain so now you got generations and if you're an immigrant child you're coming here from another country you're told to be humble you should be grateful don't talk about your pain right now you're disconnected from your roots you're not practicing your spiritual traditions as you were before you're not wearing the clothes that you used to wear Everything is completely stripped from who you are authentically are. That is a direct correlation for trauma. When we don't know who we are, we are lost souls in this world. And when we don't address and honor our roots, when we don't use the language of our ancestors, we become a society that becomes ill and sick. And that's who we are today. So the only reason why there's a higher rate of addiction why there's a higher rate of people in jail that are, or that are Mexican or descendants from 
um, Latin America. I don't like to use the word Hispanic because that's a colonization word. It's used on purpose that way. Like I'm from Purep, I am a indigenous, uh, my indigenous tribe is Purepecha from Michoacán, Mexico. So I had to do a lot of research on that because I grew up again, thinking it was wrong or it was bad for me to remember that. Thinking it was wrong or bad for me to be of brown color when now I am the proudest of my skin color of my indigenous roots. I honor them and I know who they are, as well as integrate these new practices in my life, like my lineage of Kundalini yoga technology. Right. So what we're not realizing is that these communities have been traumatized. You, you take an immigrant from their country and they come to another country for a better life and all the trauma they go through to even get here. Right. And then they're here. And then they try to fit in, meaning they're not being themselves. The number one stressor on a human being is not being yourself. And we know that stress kills. And so sadly, what we don't realize, and this is the most important thing as it relates to how do we actually heal? How do we change these patterns is that, I don't know if you knew, but every 7.8 seconds, your consciousness, you as a human being, your frequency, right? you enter into the quantum field. And so the quantum field, I want you to imagine as this energy field that we basically are accessing information from. We're all doing this every single time. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about this. You can research more about him. But in essence, what we're doing, what we're not do, realizing is that we're unconscious. So what happens is you go into the, uh, into the quantum field, this field of possibilities of potential where your past doesn't exist where there are no subconscious programmings. And we're doing that every 7.8 seconds. So every 7.8 seconds, we go into the quantum field and then we come back out. And the thing is, is that if you go into the quantum field with the same thoughts, feelings, and emotions, meaning you have not done the inner work, you have not changed your mind, you haven't healed your mind, you haven't healed your nervous system or your brain because of all of this trauma, because we know that trauma physically deteriorates the brain, then you're going into the quantum field of creation and you're coming back out with the same information. So instead of if you meditate and you do the inner work to change your subconscious programs, you use specific mantras, sound frequencies to change your frequency. Now you're a different being. You are not your ancestors program. You are not your ancestors karma. You are now Satnam, your truth and identity, thoughts, feelings, and emotions have changed. Your frequency has changed. So then what happens? Your subconscious mind is different. It has been rewired because you breathed, you sent breathe, uh, breathing techniques to the brain because you put your hands in a specific position because you chanted a specific frequency. Now you are different. You are not your karma. So now what happens? So now every 7.8 seconds, you're entering into the quantum field. You're not you're bringing in brand new information, not the karma. What are you bringing? Your ancestors' resilience, their gifts. Because beyond karma, they gave you a lot of gifts. They gave me the power of them, or the, the, the gift of empowerment of, of, of my throat chakra, my grandfather. My grandfather gave me the gift of, of being able to be charismatic with a lot of people and be around a lot of people. My aunt gave me the, the, the gift of, of uh, having an open heart and knowing what it really means to be a, a a loving aunt. My grandmother gave me the incredible gift of resilience, strength, wisdom, conviction, and commitment. That is what I'm harvesting now. 
because my thoughts, feelings, and emotions changed completely. And they change every day because I have a daily practice of inner work. So because of that, now I'm going into the quantum field of creation, of potential, but I'm bringing in brand new information, information of high frequency of how do I manifest? How do I co-create this beautiful life? How do I live in joy and peace versus the program of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm going into the quantum field. Same thoughts and feelings. I'm not worthy. Uh, The abuse the the trauma all those stories that we continue to tell so there's no way no way there's no magic pill this is why pharmaceuticals do not help mental health even though we know that seven out of ten people are on some kind of pharmaceutical and then 50 50 percent of the united states population is on at least two pharmaceuticals at least that's scary if you're not changing your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and you're taking a pill, you're numbing yourself. And now you're going into the quantum field completely numb. So now you're just basically giving away all your power. And you are uh, basically on your program. You are repeating everything that has been repeated down your lineage because you haven't changed your thoughts, your feelings, and emotions. You haven't released the guilt the ancestral guilt for living an amazing life that you deserve. Your ancestors prayed for you. They prayed for you to be in this lifetime and to break these patterns so you can live a life of royalty. And then you don't address the issues. We stick in these cultural traps of I'm fine. It'll be okay. I'll just continue to manage my stress the way I've been doing it with alcohol. Keep drinking that coffee and not sleeping running amok all day, keeping myself really, really busy so I can keep ignoring what really is happening here until one day that nervous system breaks down and then you don't have a choice. And that's when we're really forced to go within. That's when we start to change our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. But why wait? You know, like I always say, you want to listen to God on the whisper, not the shout, not the shout. Because let me tell you, the shout, oof, That one can be a little bit more karmic than the rest of us, than the rest of the other lessons. So what's important for us is we have to change our frequency. We have to change our thoughts, feelings, and emotions so that when we go into this quantum field of creation of possibility, like Dr. Joe Dispenza says, every 7.8 seconds, we're pulling in brand new information that is then creating our reality, that is then changing the karmic patterns of pain, of trauma, of the destruction of our communities of our inabilities to practice our spiritual practices, our inability to be able to speak our languages, all those things that became programs in our subconscious mind and our body and our spirit that prohibit us from truly unfoiling and uncoiling our potential. So you have to start with the frequency. You have to start with your thoughts. And the only way to do that, ladies, is through meditation. And so if you're interested in breaking these ancestral karmic patterns you all know that i created a really simple easy to follow weekly mental consciousness spiritual health plan for you this is a monday through sunday plan that you can follow that's only going to take you probably three to five minutes a day to start disrupting these ancestral patterns to start to change your frequency at the level of the subconscious and dna we got to go that deep ladies in order for you to be able to step into the quantum field, these 7.8 seconds, pull out brand new information and release yourself from the karmic programming and instead align yourself with your royal self, which is who you are, especially 
as Native Americans, especially as Indigenous people, especially as immigrants who absolutely, our work ethic is so powerful, ladies, but working hard is not, it, working hard is not equivalent to worthiness. That's working hard is prostitution of your energy. Working smart, working in alignment, well, that's a whole other subject. And you can't do that without healing your past first. You gotta deal with the past. And so if you're interested, go download this weekly guide. Every day you have guidance as to affirmations, spiritual psychotherapy informations that you can uh, recite, as well as the one meditation that breaks these addictive patterns that'll help you and put you on the path. And I do say 40 days of this meditation that's given to you in this e-guide in order for you to really start to see these effects and this impact of how much, just how much your life starts to change. Because this technology is basically accelerating you into your dharma instead of repeating the karma, the same programs over and over and over again. So go check it out by clicking in the link in my bio. Veronica Barragan, I am forward slash e-guide. And you'll be able to actually download it keep it for you. And then of course, keep me in the loop. Let me know how it's going. I love many of you who send me DMs and you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this meditation for 40 days and here's what happened or here's what's been happening. Please continue to keep me in the loop. I love to share your stories. I love to absolutely continue to um, just share the results that are really happening. And of course, you'll hear more of that as I continue to share with you what is happening inside of my community. And so next Wednesday, ladies, I will be going live again on YouTube at 11 a.m. Mountain Center Time. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing with you a very, very powerful meditation to clear karma. Remember, this is the week to do it. We got Saturn, the Lord of Karma, finally going direct. We're all getting this awareness of these lessons we're learning. Let's respond differently. And so Wednesday, you can come and practice with me, 11 a.m. Mountain Center Time. We're going to be practicing this really powerful meditation to clear that karma. And don't forget, you can also join me, like I said, by downloading that e-guide. That e-guide is going to help you tremendously as you get yourself ready to embark in this journey of self-healing and disrupting these ancestral karmic patterns. So thank you all so much for being here. I love you all with all of my heart. Thank you for building community with us in such a momentous time to be alive. And join me again, like I said, on Wednesday, 11 a.m. Mountain Center Time, so we can work together and clearing these karmic patterns. Have a blessed rest of your moon day and I'll see you again soon. Sana.